Dr. Douglas Netchurch might be the most well-educated individual of the kindred condition on the planet, with great understanding of everything from the potency of a kindred's blood in relationship to their generation, to the workings of most of the vampiric disciplines. He is a man of science, having been raised in a family with generations of medical practitioners behind it, and his systematic and calculative approach to most any field of study has resulted in countless breakthroughs helping kindred further understand their state of existence. Yet Dr. Netchurch is also pedantic, obsessive, and cold-hearted to the point of cruelty. He believes only in empirical evidence and refuses to accept hearsay or occult explanations. He is willing to go to great lengths to see his research done, often dealing with unsavory elements of society in order to procure more subjects to experiment upon, and he has a great distaste for disorder and chaos, working in sterile and lifeless environments that inspire little more than unease in his subjects. But let us return to his past and the life he lived before becoming a vampire. Douglas Netchurch was born in New England at the end of the 19th century and turned out to be quite the progeny, making up for his older siblings' failings and attending several prestigious schools, in fact even traveling across the world to study in many great places of learning before he returned home to the Americas. Yet he didn't stay there long as the First World War saw him return to Europe to serve on the front line, where he gained invaluable medicinal experience working under grueling conditions and seeing some of the worst that humanity could do to itself. It is believed that the stress this may have caused the young doctor would be the beginning of a mental illness that his embrace by the Mulcavian Trimedian would only exaggerate. Trimedian saw great potential in that church and embraced him in the hopes that the young doctor would apply himself to studying the vampiric condition quite as extensively as he had saving lives and ending suffering at the front line. Netchurch did not disappoint, and after a few years of education in the matters of being a kindred, and naturally many long nights spent in deep conversation, Netchurch set out to systematically and rationally dissect the kindred species and find an answer to its peculiar existence. Establishing a relatively covert research facility in North Carolina, Dr. Netchurch would begin his studies both by analyzing his own abilities as well as those of any kindred willing to participate for the betterment of all kindred. Through these many collaborative efforts, Netchurch was able to dip his toes into many other disciplines, even learning protean, and believe it or not, a small amount of vicissitude. Some supernatural aspects of vampirism Dr. Netchurch has had to accept during his research, the seemingly unaging nature of the kindred and their inability to consume anything but blood, but he remains ever a skeptic, even to the point where he does not believe that thaumaturgy is an actual power, but rather parlor tricks cleverly designed by the Tremere to fool the rest of the Camarilla into respecting them. Eventually, Dr. Netchurch would require assistance with his work, and he began to reach out to others to help him. He secured a few highly influential patrons amongst the Camarilla, including John Peterson, who saw great value in debunking the myth of Gehenna. Under their subtle influence, Netchurch more and more began to research and document his findings on thinbloods, ghouls, revenants, and even dampiers, the half-vampires born between the union of a vampire and a mortal. To help him further, Dr. Netchurch swayed a doctor in psychology, Nancy Reach, to assist him, her understanding of the human mind proving a valuable addition to his more physiological focus. Dr. Reach, who left a long-term relationship behind to work with Dr. Netchurch, immediately grew to appreciate the Malkavian's fastidious approach to science, 
and when the blood bond tightened its grip, her obsession with Netchurch grew to the point where she was little more than his puppet, devoting every waking hour to furthering his research. Indeed, when she was offered the embrace as part of an experiment, she immediately agreed to it. Her body exsanguinated in a sterile matter, and only the last dregs of her blood drained by the good doctor before she was fed his vitae in return. Her previous obsession remained, despite her transition, and in the eyes of Dr. Riche, there is nothing more important than the work of the man she admires above all else. Dr. Netchurch would come to keep his patrons informed of his progress and research through continuous reports on his findings, and indeed much of what can be known about kindred physiology can be traced back to his research. Through experimentation, he has discovered the potency of blood across generations of kindred, how ghouls heal, develop disciplines and even regrow limbs, and how ghouls may become impregnated. To learn this, the good doctor has worked through several research specimens, all of whom have agreed wholeheartedly to devote themselves to the noble goal of science. Indeed, each and every one of his subjects have provided a written agreement to participate in all experiments, no matter how inhumane, for the sake of progress. And herein lies one of Dr. Netchurch's biggest difficulties. He is unwilling, or perhaps more likely, unable to see the truth in his experiments. He considers himself a kind and understanding man who values the safety and well-being of his subjects, and is often quick to remind critics that he never forces anyone to be exposed to his experiments. Yet it is clear that he is also employing his vampiric powers to convince his subjects that his views are correct. Thus, Dr. Netchurch has come under both criticism and scrutiny during his years of research. Criticism that he continuously decries and which causes him a great deal of grief as he simply cannot believe that others would spread these baseless rumors about him. Yet anyone who reads his correspondence will quickly realize what he refuses to see. Dr. Netchurch considers his subjects, especially those not kindred, highly expendable and his lessers. He speaks rather detachedly of having to retire some of his thin-blooded subjects, individuals who had been with him for many years, due to them developing a thirst for kindred vitae after he allowed them to diabolize other kindred, with the permission of Camarilla leadership, of course. Likewise, he seems to have had little qualms in killing a mortal relative of another test subject, even when he could have just as easily blurred his mind, stating that he has a dislike for altering memories and for fooling others. Worst, perhaps, is his attempts at breeding both revenants and dampiers, and Dr. Netchurch has been known to hire talent from a provider to help inseminate, or be inseminated, by his subjects. This, coupled with the knowledge that most of his subjects are most likely not actually willing participants, but under the influence of Dominate, adds quite the sinister nature to Douglas Netchurch. Indeed, he writes rather dryly about how he has finally been able to breed a dampier that he is raising in his laboratory, and when he is of proper age, the doctor intends to breed him with both a mortal and a thin-blooded subject in order to observe if his condition carries over. Yet Netchurch has also gone on the record claiming that he always looks for suicidal or terminally ill people to recruit for his experiments, and consistently employs pseudonyms for them so that their true identities will not be revealed, putting them in danger. He also claims to not suffer the usual Malkavian affliction of mental illness, which is patently untrue even if one disregards his obsession with order, structure and cleanliness, and has close to no connection to the cobweb or the Malkavian Madness Network as it's also known. Netchurch has also sometimes terminated experiments that he considered too cruel or pointless, 
After several attempts were made to create more kindred by his thinbloods, he was forced to admit that the growing psychological impact these failures had on his test subjects forced him to accept that the cost by far outweighed the benefits. That, and that he was having trouble maintaining the masquerade. Interestingly, unlike the other kindred skeptic Beckett, Netchurch seems far more inclined to accept the idea of the antediluvians, and even Cain, often citing noddest lore in his papers when discussing thinbloods. Presumably this is both because he has been unable to find evidence contradicting it, but also because his patrons, despite being the Camarilla, presumably are quite aware of the truth themselves. Another fascinating aspect of Netchurch's character is the fact that as his research has progressed, or in this case stalled, he has become more and more open to the idea that the vampiric condition cannot be completely explained through mere biology and matter. Indeed, in many of his later papers, he will often discuss spiritual matters, even at times mentioning the possibility of the existence of a soul, arguing that because of his own abilities, he has come to realize that his mind may exist in a place separated from his body, which seems to hint at some manner of paranatural force at work. Eventually, this thought process would lead him to conclude that the kindred condition, in some ways, acts as a virus. It infects its host and proceeds to alter it in order to replicate itself, yet it also carries with it memories, traits and effects that should not be inherited via DNA. Dr. Netchurch has further theorized that if the transformation into a vampire could be compared to a virus infecting a cell, then could a vaccine be developed? Could the virus be modified? Replaced with another strand? Could a Nosferatu become a Toreador? With signs and portents of Gehenna moving ever closer, Dr. Netchurch's interest in Thinbloods became almost wholly his focus, undoubtedly spurred on by his benefactors. Indeed, as the week of nightmares ravaged part of India, his test subjects experienced bouts of intense visions and hysteria, speaking in tongues or long-dead languages. This has most likely also contributed to Netchurch's decreasing confidence that all things can be explained with science. This video was made possible thanks to my patron The Black Friar. Thank you so much for your support, and I hope it was to your liking.